Welcome to the Queen of Pep Talks podcast. I am the Queen of Pep Talks, Jessica Battle, founder and CEO of the Join Jessica XO brand, where I coach, speak, and influence women to improve their mindsets so they can become happier healthier, and more successful than ever before. I am obsessed with helping women create the unwavering ability to believe in themselves in order to achieve a life beyond their wildest dreams. Each week, I'll bring you a series of pep talks that will encourage you to break through your own limiting beliefs and help you develop the mindset that will allow you to show up in your life to the best of your ability. If you're looking to lose your own bullshit excuses, get out of your own way and grow into your infinite potential, Well then, you're in the right place. Are you with me? Let's dive in. Hello, my love, and welcome back to another episode of the Queen of Pep Talks podcast. Happy Monday. How are you doing? How are you feeling? When you are hearing this episode, Chris and I are having his Chris day. We ended up having to push it back to the day after his birthday, like I had shared with you on Friday's episode, because he decided that he wanted to have a bunch of his friends over to watch football on his birthday. And you know what? It's his birthday. He is allowed to do whatever he wants to do. And I hope that he enjoys himself. I am going to decorate for Christmas. And I'm very excited. I had shared on social media, and I believe I shared with you on the life update last week that we were having hardwood floors put in this week. I had shared on Instagram, unfortunately, the floors were not put in this week. And I was so incredibly bummed out about it. I was really looking forward to the floors being done. I ordered a really nice, beautiful area rug. I am obsessed with the brand My Texas Home. I think is what it is. I order them from Amazon generally. I have one in our kitchen area. We have like a seating area in our kitchen. I have one underneath the bed in our bedroom, and we will now have this big one nine by 13 in our living room. They're really, really nice quality rugs, and they're on the more expensive side, definitely not the most expensive I've seen. But one of the reasons that I love them so much is because they handle traffic really, really well. Like we actually have one down by our garage as well for the entryway. We had a rug down there before and I'm not kidding you within a month, it was like black and it looked so dingy and it was all like all of the carpet pieces were pulled. These carpets are really, really nice. Like I feel like they're almost an indoor outdoor vibe where they have like part of them feels like carpet, but then the like lower level part of it feels like it's like woven. I don't know how to explain it. I am no carpet expert, but my Texas house, I believe is the brand. They're really beautiful rugs. I'm so sad that we didn't get the floors put in because I was really excited to lay that rug down. I'm also most excited because I am transforming one of the small rooms in our house. We have a very open floor plan on our living area and Our living room is like one area, but then there's like a small, not a small space, but like a small size room, probably the size of my office-ish. Not that that really means anything to you, but it just feels like it has never felt like an intentional space. Like we have a table behind our couch, which looks nice. Then we have like a mirror and a plant, but it's never felt like I've actually done something to that space. And I was really excited to do something to that space. One of the things being putting my dang Christmas tree in it after the floors were done. Unfortunately, they ordered the wrong color. They ordered like a cherry red, I think it was called like cherry apple or something. And it was just 
a no for me. It was very, very red. And while I think that flooring looks beautiful in some homes, the colors that our house is, like our walls are gray and we have like gray and pink and white. Like it just didn't feel like it would fit the vibe and aesthetic that I was going for. So unfortunately they ordered the wrong colors and the color that we want is back ordered for like three or four weeks. So we're not actually going to have the hardwood put in until probably early to mid December, which is very close to Christmas. And I just feel like putting my tree up in the space that I normally put it in feels just like a job to only then have to unplug it and move it all. Like I feel like it would be a really big pain in the ass to move. So I don't know if I'm going to put the normal Christmas tree up this year. Well, before the floors are done, I will probably put it up. I would think I would put it up after the floors are done because normally I keep it up until about February. I generally keep it up all winter um, just because I love it. But what I am going to do while Chris's friends are over on Sunday, that was the entire point of this long drawn out story, is that I'm going to put up the Christmas tree in my office. I am very, very excited to do that. And I think I got a permission slip from Chris to put a Christmas tree in our bedroom. This is something I've wanted to do for the last two years. And we actually have a tree for in there, but I have never put it up. I probably could have convinced him to let me, but I also have a little bit of hesitancy because of the cats and the way that they will screw around with the tree. I'm thinking about at night while I'm trying to sleep, are they going to be like knocking ornaments down and stuff? So I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I think if I'm going to put it up, I'm going to keep the ornaments on it minimal um, and really avoid like anything that the cats can really easily knock down and play with like small balls. Those are Asher's favorite to like knock down off of the tree and kick around the house. I find Christmas balls all over our house the entire season. So I think I'm going to do that. And I uh, purchased some really cute stuff from HomeSense, just like Christmas trees. And I think I got an angel. I don't know. I got some cute stuff. So I'm hoping that I'm feeling inspired to do that on Sunday while Chris has his friends over. We shall see. Of course, I will share photos on Instagram. I've gotten a couple of questions recently from people asking if I would do a home tour and take more photos of areas of my house because every time I share a picture, people tell me that I should be an interior designer and they love the way that I decorate, which thank you. I appreciate that. I don't think that I am the best decorator. I do really enjoy it, but sometimes I look at homes on Pinterest and I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. Like, I want to be that good. And I don't know if it's normal people that are that good or if they pay people for it to be that good. But yeah, Pinterest has some really incredible, incredible homes. But I will take once the hardwood is in, I will take some photos for you guys. And maybe I'll create like a highlight on my Instagram where I share like a little home tour or something. Lord knows we've been here for four years. I should do it at some point. But our next project is to get our upstairs painted, which I'm also very excited about. But Anyways, this is not a life update. This episode is not about me, even though I made the first six minutes all about what's going on in my life. I want to talk to you today about the one thing that you need to do to heal your relationship with food that you're probably too afraid to do. I know that healing your relationship with food requires a huge level of bravery and courage because it requires letting go of so much that you have used as a crutch or a blanket, a comfort zone, safety, security. It requires letting go of some of those things like meticulously tracking everything that you're eating or obsessing over the scale or being committed to yet another diet only to quit in a couple of weeks. There are so many things that we have to let go of if we want to truly heal our relationship with food. And when I say heal your relationship with food, I don't necessarily mean just if you're a binge eater. 
you cannot be a binge eater and still have a dysfunctional relationship with food where you're thinking about food a lot. Or maybe you're a stress eater or a boredom eater or a chronic overeater or a compulsive eater. There are so many different variations of having a relationship with food that could use some improvement. It doesn't necessarily mean that it rules your life 24-7. When I talk about my binge eating it controlled a lot of my life. But having a dysfunctional relationship with food doesn't have to mean that you're thinking about food 24-7 or that you feel out of control all of the time. But if the things that I share with you resonate, it might be worth giving just a little bit of attention to improving the relationship that you have with food to make it better. Because at the end of the day, don't we want most aspects of our life to be better? But making things better requires actively giving time and attention and energy and effort to those things. So the one thing that I see most people really, really struggle with when it comes to healing their relationship with food is giving themselves the permission to eat adequately. And this is one of the intuitive eating principles that I believe is so important, but poses such a challenge for people because they often have this fear of if I give myself permission to eat what I want, when I want and eat enough, eat satiating meals, then I'm going to lose all control. And what's going to happen when I lose all control, I'm going to rapidly, rapidly gain weight. And people want to say that they're working on improving their relationship with food. And they want to say that they're letting go of dieting, but in the back of their mind, they're still counting and tracking every single thing that they're putting into their mouth. And I think that this is a part of healing and getting to the point where you want to be. I know that I had a little calorie calculator in the back of my mind for quite some time when I stopped dieting. It took a while of training myself to break that habit for me to recognize that I no longer do that. I don't think about the calories that are in a banana when I eat it or the number of carbs that I'm eating if I choose to have oatmeal for breakfast or how much sugar is in the mini chocolate chips that I insist in putting onto my bread and my toast in the morning that I'm making for breakfast. I don't think about those things anymore. But it's taken training myself to not think that way. Just like you trained yourself to think the way that you do right now, you weren't born thinking this way that you do about food. You have to train yourself to think differently. But one of the things that I see so many people struggling with is giving themselves this permission to eat adequately, because in the back of their mind, there's still such a massive, massive fear around gaining weight. I don't know if I've shared with you guys here on the podcast yet or not. I know I want to make a post about this and talk about it, but I recently had a client inside of MBS say to me that she was secretly judging me for the way that I was eating. She would see photos of my breakfast and she was like, oh my God, is she really going to eat all of that? And the answer is yes, I am going to eat all of that because eating a protein-packed, satiating breakfast that keeps me full for hours and gives me the energy to go to the gym and have an incredible workout, that for me is worth it. I'm not thinking about, oh my gosh, this is so much food and I shouldn't be eating it. Because the reality is, while on a day-to-day, you are holding yourself back from giving yourself the permission to eat adequately and you're choosing small meals or you're choosing only low-calorie options or you're avoiding protein or carbs because you're afraid of what they're going to do to your body, then when you go off the rails and eat emotionally or binge eat or compulsively eat or stress eat, you're not thinking about the amount of food that you're putting into your body. And depending on how dysfunctional your relationship with food is or how bad your binge eating is, you might be consuming two days, three days, four days worth of calories in one binge like I was. I don't know if you saw the reel that I posted last week where I showed you guys what a binge used to look like for me. I'll see if I can put a link to that in the show notes of this episode if you missed it. But I added up those calories when I purchased all that food and brought it home. 
it was like 52 plus 100 calories. It was hard to calculate the bag of candy because there were two types of candy in it and it said varied and I didn't know how much was in there. But around 52 to 56, maybe even 6,000 calories, 5,000 at a minimum in one binge. That is multiple days. Let's just say if I'm eating 2,500 calories a day now, I don't know how much I'm eating. Two days, two full days worth of food in one binge. So you don't have this fear of eating adequately when you're in effort mode, right? Where you're just like, fuck it, I'll deal with this later and eating like the world is coming to an end. You only have this fear of eating adequately when in your mind you're trying to restrict your calories. And you see how this puts you in a position of constantly living on both ends of this spectrum where you're either obsessing over not eating and not wanting to eat adequately and not wanting to choose satiating meals that you actually love and enjoy and make you feel really good. You don't want to give yourself that permission all the way over here on one end of the spectrum. But then when you go into effort mode, you're not thinking or caring at all about how much food you're putting into your system. It's like, I'll just keep eating and eating and eating and I'll deal with it later. What if instead you allowed yourself balance and moderation and to meet yourself in the middle where, yes, you're eating decent sized meals, you're eating good sized portions, you're prioritizing protein, you're allowing yourself to eat the foods that you actually freaking enjoy, the foods that fill you up and give you energy, the foods that make you feel your best physically, mentally. If you gave those things to yourself on a regular basis, you probably wouldn't feel this need to then run to this extreme end of the spectrum where you're eating nonstop, only to then guilt trip yourself into saying, oh gosh, I shouldn't eat any of that stuff tomorrow because look at what I just did. The damage that I just did, it's so large. Tomorrow I'm going to starve myself. If you gave yourself the permission to eat in a way that was actually fulfilling for you and satiating and made you feel like you were enjoying the foods that you were eating. No matter what they are, you deserve to enjoy vegetables just like you deserve to enjoy your desserts. You deserve to love the food that you are eating. And that doesn't mean that you're always only going to eat junk food because that's not going to be good for your body, right? But at the end of the day, you deserve to include foods that you love. You can have dessert at every meal if you want to. You can have a piece of candy after lunch, But a piece of candy doesn't have to turn into an entire bag of candy because you feel like, oh my gosh, now I've done something wrong. I can't have candy again for the next six weeks. And then as soon as you're back to restricting, your mind is constantly craving these foods that you've put off limits. If you really want to improve the relationship that you have with food, it's going to require you to decide that you are willing to eat meals that satisfy you, that you're going to eat meals that make your body feel good, that you're going to eat meals that give you the energy that you need, that you're going to eat meals that you actually enjoy so that your brain isn't constantly thinking about all the foods that you're not allowed to have because you're over here miserable eating foods that you can't stand. Restricting your calories and taking away the permission to eat certain things is only making your cravings for those things bigger. We are like enticed by the things that we can't have. Say we can't have it and we want it more. And so many people think if they gave themselves this open permission to just have it whenever, then they would go off the rails and life would become a free-for-all with food. And they would just say, ah, well, fuck it. I'm just going to eat whatever I want whenever I want. If this is resonating with you right now, I want to invite you into 
my masterclass that is happening this week, Honor Your Hunger. Inside of this masterclass, I'm talking about intuitive eating, which eating adequately is a principle of intuitive eating. Inside of this masterclass, I am not teaching you the intuitive eating principles because you can look those up online and I encourage you to. But what I am teaching you is what it actually takes to become an intuitive eater. As a woman who struggled with binge eating, yo-yo dieting, emotionally eating for almost 20 years of my life, I had to work to become an intuitive eater. And that work is not easy when you're undoing layers and layers and layers and years and years and years of screwed up thought processes, restricting your calories, feeling like foods are good and foods are bad. You're a good girl when you eat one way and you're a bad girl when you eat another way. Going from extreme restricting to completely overindulging. Becoming an intuitive eater who respects her body is hard work when that is your history. And if that is your history, I want you to know that it is possible for you to be a woman who eats the food that she enjoys while at the same time respecting and honoring the body that she is living in. You are so capable of healing your relationship with food. And there are so many facets and components that go into this, many of which I'll be sharing inside of the masterclass on Wednesday and Thursday, many of which I will be sharing inside of my new program that's coming, Stop Feeding Your Feelings, and all of which I teach inside of my signature course MBS. The journey to healing your relationship with food requires courage and bravery. I said that at the beginning of this podcast. You have the courage and the bravery within you to do it. Will you allow yourself to let go of the things that you have been trying to hold on to that are not serving you the way that you've wanted them to serve you? Will you give yourself the permission to loosen up your grip on those things? And start to let go so that you can step into doing the things that will actually help you have the relationship with yourself, your body, and food that you really crave. Because while food is the way that this is presenting in your life, the problem isn't actually food. The problem has never been food. The problem is the way that you feel about yourself, the relationship that you have with yourself, the standard in which you hold yourself to, your willingness to abandon yourself and your commitments. That's actually the problem. So while, yes, I will teach you how to improve your relationship with food, most importantly, Importantly, what I'm going to do is help you become a woman who believes that she is capable of completely changing her identity in the way that she sees herself related to her relationship with food. If this speaks to you and you want to be in Wednesday's masterclass, link is in the show notes of this episode. I encourage you today, pick one meal out of your day and allow yourself permission to eat the things that you enjoy the things that make you feel really good, the things that actually satiate you, fill you up, make you feel like, wow, that was really delicious and I feel fantastic afterwards. Give yourself that permission. Stop constantly trying to restrict yourself consciously or subconsciously from eating the foods that you enjoy because you have a fear of giving yourself that permission. You have to start practicing building that trust with yourself. Prove to yourself that you can sit down and eat a delicious portioned out, adequately sized meal that is going to satiate you. You can enjoy every single bite of it and then you can move on with your life knowing that you haven't done anything wrong other than eat. Eating a meal that is satisfying and filling, it's not a crime and you deserve to do it, okay? I love you guys so very much. For those of you already registered for Wednesday's Masterclass, I am so excited. Buckle up. It is going to be so freaking incredible. I will see you guys then. And until the next episode, I love you and I will talk to you soon. See you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you are inspired by today's pep talk, be sure to share it with me by leaving a rating and review on iTunes so I can keep the encouragement coming your way. 
I hope you know that your support in helping me grow the podcast this year, it means so much to me. If we aren't already connected on social media, head over to join Jessica XO on Instagram or join the join Jessica XO free Facebook community for even more content that will inspire you to show up in your life to the best of your ability. Make sure you check out the show notes of today's episode for links to freebies, upcoming opportunities to work with me, and ways that we can stay connected outside of the podcast. I love you so much, and I cannot wait to chat with you on the next episode of the Queen of Pep Talks podcast. In the meantime, go fuck this day up in the best way possible.